0: Welcome to the OCD Bitch, the show where we take an in-depth episode-by-episode episode look at the seminal an underrated primetime soap over the early aughts, the OC. I'm your host for the evening, and I'm so glad to be here, Mike. That's my name and with me, and I'm even gladder he's here, Ryan.
1: First time listeners don't know that that is the longest you've made it into an episode without a fuck-up, so
0: I thought that was pretty good. That Well, the last like four weeks you've interrupted me, so I, I was trying to do a speed the fuck up in the beginning so you couldn't and then stutter a little and then I just froze. I uh, Before I say literally
1: anything on this show, I take one second to think about all the ways that I'm going to get blamed for whatever just happened mm-hmm. and that one, I really came to the conclusion, this almost never happens, there's no way you can get blamed for this, just say it and then I said it and look what happened. Look what happened.
0: I am a certified weasel. <laughs> I went online, got it notarized. Uh, I can worm my way in and out of anything. That is not my fault. So, much like a weasel, you can worm? Uh-huh. Which is also the start of my rap and dance craze It's sweeping the nation. Like a weasel, I worm on the ground. I do squirm. You do squirm. You do squirm. You know it's a really good rhyme uh, when you have to go back to like Shakespearean-level yeah. grammar. Just move the words around until the rhyme works. Can you think of a time recently that that's ah, fuck I w- I want to keep these kinds of things written down because in the last week or so I definitely heard a modern pop song that did that bullshit and I was like fuck you. It's it's basically the same as John
1: Raffioin. Yes. It's just you like you're a little bit or it's less noticeable I guess, but mm-hmm. it is the
0: exact same thing. Yeah, it's why don't unless you're Kanye, you're not You're Kanye's. Writing your lyrics right as you're recording. And also, he doesn't need to. Take an extra 10 goddamn minutes and rewrite that
1: sentence. But I think that the problem with a lot of rappers, including you, I can see your boys in the back, is that they surround themselves with cronies who just keep saying, great lyrics, man, great lyrics, man.
0: Goddamn cronies. And that's what's wrong with the nation. Do you want to introduce us to all six of yours? No, they're not on-mic personalities. You don't want to just describe them real quick? Okay. Okay. There's Jazz. Sure. You can tell because he's covered. He has a hat covered in sparklies. What are the sparklies glitter. called? Glitters. Uh-huh. Thank you. Just uh, glitter. There's Lancey Lou.
1: Lancey Lou, yes. He dresses like Lucy Lou, but yeah. holding a medieval times era Lance.
0: Yeah. You, I'm not, some of these are nicknames. Some of these are given names. I will not tell you which is which. Right. But do you let your name own you, or do you decide to own your name? That's the question. And then there's uh, Big Bob, Little Bob, Joey, and Steve.
1: I love, Steve is probably my favorite. Yeah. Just because that is, his real name is Billy Bob, Little Bob. Uh-huh. But his, how he got the nickname Steve, I don't think we have time well,
0: to tell the story, but it's an amazing story. We're not going to tell the story, but like Big Bob and Little Bob already hung out. Uh-huh. And so when Big Bob, Little Bob, now called Steve, rolled in, we're like, well, you got to change your name, bro. And he went like, he had so many nicknames off the tip of his tongue. You don't get to pick your own nickname. You think Lancey Lou chose Lancey Lou? No. Did you see the pictures of the parents
1: who dressed their fat baby like Billy Bob from Varsity Blues <laughs> and busted it all over the internet? <laughs> Recently? And I think the baby is fat enough where it's not like cute fat. It's not like Paula Tompkins loves this uh-huh. fat. It's like, oh, clearly you're a fat baby that's going to have fat adult problems for the rest like of your this life. this baby already has that sugar counter in its side. Exactly. And your parents saw that?
0: And then, like, figured out a way to let the entire planet know. And look, I love Varsity Blues. You and I stand on platforms and scream at each other about Varsity Blues uh, and think more people should talk about it. But if you... This is shocking news from the people who do a podcast
1: about the OC, by the way.
0: (laughs) If you are in 2018 and have a child and are so into Varsity Blues that your first thought is, let's dress this baby up like Billy Bob, get a fucking life. Get a life. Get your own life. He doesn't want your life. He I don't want your life. life. Uh their first costume, uh the baby kept eating, and thankfully we didn't have to see a baby in a whipped cream bikini. Yeah, you and I have different needs and goals, <laughs> I guess, from our baby <laughs> Halloween pictures. I guess we do. Ryan, going back to Lil Bob, Little Bob, Big yes? Bob Stevie, uh, Lucy Lou, and Jazz. Uh you
1: messed up most of your posse's names, but that's uh, fine.
0: they're used to it. They all had different fake names b- before. Uh Entourage is a show. Before we had the OCD, we are like, should we make the Entourage Entourage? Uh-huh. And have six dudes talk about how great Entourage is? And you shot that down. Wise decision. But I brought mine in today. Normally, I don't bring them here. Because we get to meet the first Entourage of the OC of one Grady Bridges. It's a very momentous day. Because the Valley, which we've just heard little tidbits of, comes full force into the OC. And the Valley, I got to say...
1: And you know, we're, we're not just OC watchers, we're not fans, we're analysts, we're thinkers, we're ponderers, we're philosophers. The Valley, the show The Valley and the show The OC seem to have a lot of similarities. There might be some parallels. Yeah, there's some stuff going on there.
0: And we're going to talk about stinkies and winkies. We're going to talk about who is who and why is why. What stinky or winky means. What that even means, if you don't know our other shows... Stinky or Winky is a thing we say on those shows. Do you want to explain Stinky or Winky? Sure. A
1: lot Often shows and movies will do something just for the audience. Usually it's a break a fourth wall or uh, talk about how, oh, look, this is a remake because there's the actor who was in the original in this remake. And so we have to decide if those are stinky mm-hmm. or winky. Winky is like a, a quality wink to the audience. Quality wink. And stinky is like a wink but a fart.
0: Instead yeah. of an eye winking, it's a fart winking, and yeah. now it's stinky. Your brown eyes winking, your yes. third eye just giving a little sexy bloop. Ryan, yes, tonight when Marissa and Summer run into Grady Bridges, the star of the aforementioned TV show The Valley, he invites them and their friends to his birthday party in L.A. Meanwhile, Ryan and Seth discover the romantic connection between Luke and Julie. During the said L.A. party, Grady tries to woo Summer away from Seth, while Ryan and Marissa run into Haley, who's now a stripper at the very club the party is at. Lunatics. Back in Newport, Sandy and Jimmy need Caleb to arrange a get-together for some of Newport's wealthiest business elite to fund their restaurant. All that and more on tonight's OCD. Ryan, tell the lovely listeners, if you will, where our characters are at at the beginning of this episode. Well,
1: I think we ended last episode. And I thought the end of last episode, the goodbye girl, Mm -hmm. was, was going to give us the reveal. But instead, they went home and then came back to the Mermaid Inn because Ryan left his watch in Teresa's hotel room. Do you think they did that just so Seth could also be there, so Ryan didn't witness it alone? Seth being there, and also, can we really pack more into the Goodbye Girl? we got to save some shit for other episodes. Do we need to have a
0: third episode of the OCD
1: about the one episode of the OC? Actually, do you want to stop this right now and do Goodbye Girl Part 3? Yeah, I think so. Imagine if every single thing that ever happened in the OC happened in that one episode. (laughs) I love this fan figure. It at. was pretty close. It was pretty close. But no, they went home. Ryan brings back Seth, and they're starting to talk around how finally, for the first time since like the first hour of Atwood getting there, uh-huh. uh, it's going to be drama free. Just going to be the two boys chilling. Angst free Ryan month is what Seth calls it. And Ryan says, that's obviously going to happen because I am San's girlfriend. Yes. So how no could anything drama. be going on?
0: But then even Ryan says, uh, Angst free Ryan week. I know who I am, I'm am a magnet. And then they see Luke and Julie smooching at the Mermaid Inn after they deal with that clerk who is way into Teresa. Yeah. He just keeps talking about how beautiful and great she was.
1: They go up and uh, to get the watch that he left there, which means sex, right? Yeah. You don't take off your watch unless it's sex time.
0: Well, that's they were talking about Seth likes to keep his watch on so he can like count his heart rate and see he needs to beat his last record. And uh, really making sex not romantic and gross in a fun way. Seth? And so they go up and they're like, hey, we left a watch
1: here. And the guy behind the counter is like, room 204 with that sassy Latin girl. She was pretty.
0: And neither of them go, ew. They're just like, yeah, I mean, sure.
1: Good eye. (laughs) She was attractive. Uh, And he holds the watch from them, like holds Hmm. it above them, just so we can get more Teresa talk time. His
0: drool hasn't quite hit the counter yet, and he wants them to see how much he did make him drool. He's pounding oysters
1: for some reason, just shucking oysters left and right.
0: Well, he wants the aphrodisiac. I I never want to eat a bunch of oysters and then go be with somebody, because then you're like, you taste like oysters. Right. But you eat a bunch of oysters, and then you jerk off about room 204. You go hang out with your boys, two high school kids who you
1: just met, (laughs) and you discuss how hot the girls are. And then take yourself to dinner. And then take yourself to dinner. Does and that mean masturbate? We don't
0: mean eat oysters anymore. We mean go masturbate.
1: Okay, right there at the counter. There's only one guy working at the Mermaid Inn. He does not have the time to go like take a five. You got no. to bust one out on the counter. You
0: bust one out when you can bust one out.
1: Are they the Boisters? Is that their entourage name? Yes.
0: What is our entourage name? We don't have one yet. What do we- you and your crew? No. Okay. I call it Team Mike, and they all throw things at me. Yeah. Even as the leader, yeah. they still will throw like a chair at you every once. I in can a while. say some stupid shit, and they'll back it up. But when I say Team Mike, they just throw things at me. So they have their watch, and they're congratulating
1: themselves on their future. Um, No more drama. uh, No No more drama. drama. And then, yes, as you said, Luke and Julie come outside of the hotel room to kiss. You can do that inside the hotel room. It's not just for banging folks. What's the
0: point of even having a hotel room, y'all?
1: And they come out, and Ryan and Seth run over to a car so they can watch. Poke their heads out, Scooby-Doo style. And then my favorite part is not only do they kiss outside of the hotel room. I'm speaking of Julie and Luke, not mm-hmm. Seth and Ryan. Um, after they're done, Julie like smacks him on the ass, and Luke hops over a fence and runs
0: away all giddy and happy. Sex, sex, sex. Uh, and then Ryan, because Ryan is now funny under the radar, he goes, didn't even last the night. It's been long enough in that scene that at first, I forgot that was a callback to saying how long they would be drama-free.
1: There is actually a funnier Atwood moment that we we'll get to in a minute. But uh boo Luke. Fuck Luke. Boo Luke. Because he that's the perfect opportunity to run back to the guy who runs the hotel and say, Hey, it's not 204, but you know that girl in 106? And have them like That go guy back wants it
0: so bad.
1: And Luke is the guy and the guy who will bond with another guy and be gross. For sure. Give me some of those oysters, not those. Those, look, those oysters. Yeah, those oysters.
0: And let's talk about... Let's be some boisterous boisters. Let's talk about Julie Cooper's butt. Let's talk about Julie Cooper's butt. Is that for off air? Yeah, that's for later. Uh, and then Ryan and Seth have the a conversation we've had ourselves on the show, Ryan uh, and Seth. How could they do it? How could Luke do that? And then uh, Seth is really digging into Luke. And Ryan's like... What about her mom? <laughs> and they have the who's more responsible fight. It's it's cool.
1: There's the who's more responsible fight, um, which that one does make sense to me, but it's the how could those two do that? Mm-hmm. That's what's crazy to me. It's like seeing Darth Vader and Hitler plan to uh, kill some people. Like, what do you mean? How?
0: Could, look, it's Luke They've and They've been Julie. in a room for more than five minutes. How how could they not do How are you surprised by anything they you do? You can't blame somebody for their natures, and these are oyster-loving motherfuckers. Of course, the minute they're both sort of Unattached, They're going to eat each other's oysters. Okay, so how about this whole
1: episode, instead of what it's called, is called Oy Story, which is just about... Because, you know, we'll call Julie and... Luke, Buzz, and Woody, just to keep the theme going. I love it. And then,
0: uh, because Oyster sounds like
1: Toy Story, do you see where I'm going here I do.
0: I will. I'll call my guys. So my guys, I'm going to call them. Uh-huh. Uh, we've been working on a documentary uh, of the Dropkick Murphys called Oy Story, all about like the birth and death and rebirth of uh, the seminal Irish punk band from Boston. They're but just like Jesus. This is too great. So fuck that documentary we've worked in the last five years on. That Oy Story is dead. Long live new no Oyster Story. I feel like both of these documentaries can come out in the next two weeks. Is that
1: too short of a window for two documentary is called Oy Story.
0: I don't think so. Okay, so let's just do it. Let's just do it. Let's just do it. It's the best marketing plan. People will be confused, and they're like, oh, I'm delighted. And,
1: oh, I, I, th- I saw one. I thought I was going to see the other one. I guess I'll just instead pay go money and go see the other, other one. one. Yeah, go don't just see both.
0: download it illegally. Don't do that. Unless you tell five friends to go pay for it. Like well, a chain letter. That's where those guys are at. Uh, Jimmy and Sandy, their restaurant is in deep, deep need of funding because as Sandy points out, Jimmy is really bad with money. And Jimmy has nothing to say about it. Well, yeah. J- how, how, how do you not have enough evidence for this? Yeah, You you knew what you were getting into. Because he's like, have you seen the books? And Sandy's like, no. That is your whole role in this partnership. You're the books guy. But this is my Jimmy's Gonna Jimmy. And even before like digging in, it's uh, as he enters the episode. He walks in like with spilling binders all over like he thought he was at the start of a rom-com. Constantly pushing glasses up his nose. Oh, 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 Mr. Cohen! Uh, And he just, he enters, I don't think he knocks on their door, he just barges in and goes, We're screwed! (laughs) Jimmy's gonna Jimmy! Yeah, thanks for that confidence. Also, did you
1: notice, I don't know if you want to combine two storylines here, but we do have the direct comparisons of... Partnership of Sandy and Jimmy, partnership of Seth and Ryan. Seth and Ryan are now talking about their endeavors as if uh-huh. they are a business partnership. Both of them, both partnerships, just fucked. Just full of idiotic morons and right. are fucked.
0: If Ryan and Sandy teamed up, they could. there's yes. nothing they couldn't get done.
1: So the parallel, the constant Sandy and Ryan parallel that we've been discovering through the first season is they both pick morons to work they with. They both pick
0: morons who are morons in different ways. Mm. Seth and Jimmy are bad at so many things, different from the other one. It's not like... They just both suck. Uh, and Kiki, uh, who's listening, because she's just there in the kitchen, she's on her way to actually work her real job, and she's like, you guys need a designer? You have no money? Julie's really good. To uh,
1: which Jimmy lays down on the ground, uh, spits his fire out, mm-hmm. and throws a full-blown tantrum. Oh,
0: yeah. I don't care that you're solving, yet again, another one of my problems. I'm angry, angry, angry little rich boy. I get the tantrum, but then to move in for yet another
1: Kirsten kiss right yeah. there with Sandy Sandy right they there. They both slap him across the cheek and go,
0: read the room. Well, I mean, they say "nyak nyak nyak," but you can tell what nyuck, they nyuck, mean nyuck, nyuck, is read the room. Read the room. And to just kick it all into high gear, Morrison Summer run into Grady Bridges, the Seth Cohen of the Valley, who's played by the incomprehensible, the incomparable <laughs> Colin Hanks. Yeah, you can understand most of what he
1: says. Yes, and I gotta say, I guess I haven't seen him in that many roles. Sean Brumner is, of course, a Sean cinematic Brumner. classic, um, and we know who his dad is, right? His dad's a pretty nice guy, Thomas, on and off screen. We know his brother might be one of the biggest Chaz? pricks on earth, but this I ha- like. I've seen this a couple times. Colin Hanks plays
0: a perfect Hollywood pos. I do think because With the fucking gum, he is an amazing sweetheart in real life, but he's grown up around Hollywood and he knows exactly what's, like, it's fun when you're a good guy to fuck with that. Because he also did that on Happy Endings as himself. Right. Uh, I think he just knows what buttons to push. Because I don't think somebody who's actually like that would be like, isn't it hilarious that I do
1: this? Now, just for listeners out there, just so you guys know how, uh, like, me and Mike work, there's a good chance that 90% of you have never heard of Colin Hanks. But if you are going to star in the movie Orange County, where we grew up, and then be on The O.C., and Happy Endings, we think you're one of the biggest stars in history. It is weird
0: that people are like, Hanks. I'm like, Colin? And they're like, who? What do you mean, who? Oh, his old dad. Oh, his dad, sure, yeah. yeah, yeah. i okay. seen some old movies, I guess. What, who's his dad again? Gary Cooper? I don't give Gary a Cooper shit. Gary Cooper, Shut the fuck up. It. Yeah, I love Colin. I want him in everything. He was great in Fargo. Oh, yeah, Fargo. He should be in more things. Maybe someday I'll see that Tower Records documentary if I ever get, like, the flu. Yeah, sure. That's when called Oi Story? Otherwise, I'm not watching it. Oi Story, the story of Tower Records. Of course. Why would it not be called Tour story. And that's where everybody's at. Let's take a quick reprieve. That, that has to be the end of the episode, dude. That was too much. That was it. You know what? Two-parter. <laughs> we'll come back with part two. Ryan. So the kids are trying to get their way to Grady's party up in L.A. Which makes us learn, makes us. Forces us to. Forces us to learn that Kiki is also a fan of The Valley because she says, Ooh, I love Grady. Which baffles all the dudes in the Cohen family. Yeah.
1: It's so weird that somebody who is definitely old enough to have kids is into a show about teenagers and knows all of the facts
0: about it. That's so weird. It's, we- it's a weird thing to do. It's very weird. Uh, we get our first of numerous stinkier winkies because this whole episode is peppered with digs at Summer and Seth's real-life relationship, Rachel Bilson and Adrian... Nope, Adam Brody. Adrian Brody. Adrian Adam Brody. Uh, Because she says, I could never date an actor. And that's how we're introduced to all of it, because Marissa asks if she would be into him. Stinky or winky,
1: Ryan? I am going to just put a blanket statement on all of this as... Because we don't want to do every dozen? Because, yeah, there's a hundred in this episode. And I'm going to say... Uh, winky minus for the whole show.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, every there's a couple times where it uh, clo- goes way closer to Stinky. Sometimes because they break down the logic of the show. Right. For instance, Seth is upset at Grady because he improvises his lines and he says that's something that I would do. Seth, you're a fictional character. You can't improvise your lines. Right. I understand that Adam Brody's talking about Adam
0: Brody, but that does not make sense in the world. Living of the life show. is improvising your lines. Right. And I, I guess I liked the parts where, because he like he was like, oh, but that was ad-libbed when they were like watching the dailies or whatever. I like, because we hate Seth. I like the digs at who Seth is on the show.
1: Yeah. But I bet the first time I watched it, I was like, oh, this is way too harsh. Seth is wonderful, and I don't know what you guys are doing. And now that I watch it, I'm like, this is it? No. Take him
0: way more to task. Way more to task. Though I guess it's not fair to Brody to say Brody is Seth. And I do think it's the I bet beginnings and ending of scenes, he says a dumb line. I don't think he rewrites Cohen's dialogue or arcs.
1: Okay. I guess it's unfair because we don't have the exact amount of evidence we need to prove it in court. Uh huh. But I am w- willing to go out on a limb and say that the differences between Seth and Adam Brody at that time are very little. negligible.
0: So, do you think the producers and writers, because Colin Hanks is playing, Grade A level D-bag. Are grade A Bridges? And he he's the only one everybody else sort of gets referenced to. And we maybe meet the summer at the end, but she gets a line. But the whole time is like, isn't this guy such a fucking tool? Yes, I think so. And I think that Adam Brody was
1: okay with it. Mm-hmm. Adrian Brody was also okay. Adrian Brody loved it. He he was not asked, but he busted in on set. Mm-hmm. He watched the dailies of them watching the dailies and said...
0: Is this the Daily Show? <laughs>
1: <laughs> fucking Adrian Brody, shut the fuck up, dude. You're not up, good dude. at this. Uh, but yeah... The other thing that I don't know how, if everyone knew at the time, that Summer, no, Rachel uh-huh. and Adam were dating, but it seems like that information is pertinent as well. Right. Is this them
0: revealing it? Have they already broken up? I think that at this
1: point, and remember, it's a long time ago, and I was, what, four when mm-hmm. I watched this for the first time? That uh, I think it was all over the, your Tiger Beats, your Teen Beats. The your, TMZ for the Teen Set? Yes, exactly.
0: Teen MZ is right there, and you said something else. So they're trying to get there. Uh And Marissa is like, you know what? You and I, talking to Ryan, should not spend time together. It's been crazy. Some good crazy, some bad crazy. But what if?
1: I like the crazy. Apparently, it put Marissa through the ringer,
0: but I right. enjoyed it. I don't understand what her deal is. Uh, she's like, I should not go. But Ryan really needs Marissa to come so Luke can break up with Julie. Because Ryan, is super fucking suave, uh, Luke is playing pool. And he goes, oh, hey, what up, Ryan? He goes, oh, not much. You having sex with Julie Cooper and Luke does the throw the pole across the room thing.
1: Now what we don't see is Ryan waiting for twenty oh, minutes
0: yeah. before Luke finally takes his first shot, so he can perfectly botch the shot. And Luke's stretching; he's doing squats; he's he's doing all the calisthenics. He's perfect. He's redoing the triangle again and again. You can tell the
1: the the good pool player because they bring in the briefcase mm-hmm. and they have to screw and however many parts of the cue there are, that's how good you are. Mm-hmm. Usually, people have three. Luke has twenty seven. So twenty seven. To screw all twenty seven of those things together,
0: and he missed the middle one, so he had to unscrew them yeah. down and then rescrew him up. Just take the instructions out, dude. It doesn't
1: make you less manly. Take your cue instructions out.
0: What I do love is a killer game of pool with just the stock one piece sticks are being played right behind Luke during that whole scene. Right, yeah, they are. It's Minnesota Fats over there. Minnesota Fats. Sure. That that's not a bit. I'm not making that up. That was the. That's a guy. So Ryan is trying to get Marissa to come to the party, and I had to write this down, because it was a beautiful exchange. He says, not going to LA, because I'll be there, isn't independent. That's why we need to both go, independently, together. Mercer says, you sound like Seth, and Ryan goes, I know, It rubs off. I loved it. Them, when there's not crazy drama, their back and forth is delightful. Yes, okay, but can we get to Atwood's
1: funniest moment of the week? Yes. Which is usually a word that's given out to something lame, C-minus at best, but- uh, they, Seth and Ryan run into Marissa and Summer at the beginning of the episode mm-hmm. and after they just ma- met Grady Bridges. Right. And they say to Ryan and Seth, guys, we have the most unbelievable news. There's no way that you have any news that's bigger than this. And the look that Ryan gives Seth is dead on balls, Jim Gordon from Gotham, <laughs> peak of acting. <laughs> Lawrence is, Olivier. Is it big enough that the girls would notice and be like, Absolutely. wait, what the fuck did you have? Ladies stop talking about whatever you're talking about
0: and look at the looks that they're giving each other so are they dumb that is winky that's just for the audience because in the real world people would just grind their they're like wait that's something you have to get used to if you're going to watch tv shows or dinner theater it was fun it was a lot of fun a lot of la shade gets thrown they're driving up to la and they go la sucks blah 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 traffic 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 and then the L.A. party at, what did you call it? Lunachicks. Lunachicks. Great name. Uh, strippers. Cocaine just out in the open at a restaurant bar. Like, it's not, it's 6 p.m. <laughs> it's still happy hour, and my God, is it happy.
1: And I don't know. I I mean, now that I have beaten my entire Coke phase, you know, because, uh-huh. I mean, I'm still a celebrity, but I used to be a young celebrity, sure. so I went through all the Coke stuff. Young blood. Long, young blood. Um I, don't, I doubt that I noticed how prevalent the coke was, and it's not just them doing it, but every time anybody goes from one room to another, they're wiping their nose. Yeah. Uh, Haley is so, so coked out, and not in the fun, exciting no, way. No, she looks like shit. They
0: did a good job. Yeah,
1: she looks uh, coke homeless.
0: Oh, yeah. Haley, we alluded it in the description, is there. It takes a while. She They let her bake in the background. Sure. And so like eagle-eyed viewers are like, oh, but the, the cast does not notice for quite some time uh-huh. until she... Uh, like crouches down and slides her hand on Ryan's rippling chest and says, "Are you having a good time?" They both go. Bah, 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 bah. She
1: says, "Hello, big boy, who is not my nephew, nor my adopted nephew, nor somebody who is living in my sister's play pool house. Are you having a good time?" To which he says, "No." Well, oh my
0: girl, I do like that she said that to three other dudes who just went, "I love your intro. I'm into it. It's specific. It's weird." This is the second time Haley has hit on Ryan. Uh-huh. Is this Chekhov's? Creepy aunt? Well, yeah, but it's always because of
1: something else. Right. Right. She's always playing at some other angle. This is not Caleb's girlfriend hitting on him.
0: Right. Who, like, actually wants that young D?
1: Yes. And also, uh, our main girl drama for Ryan in this episode is not seeing Julie. He sort of, like, delegates that to the person he should delegate it to. Yes. But then it jumps feet first, head first, all of the, like, I guess that's just a cannonball, into the Haley drama. Right.
0: Right. He is there because he he takes charge of it. He is our hero, and he goes. You're getting out of here. I like he doesn't say I'm going to call. He just instantly runs and calls Sandy. Good move, man. Yes, but before that, or maybe after that, because there's two run-ins. He
1: they do sneak back in in an adorable little shenanigan between him and Marissa. Mm -hmm. Um, He does manhandle her. Yeah, he does grab her in a way that everybody else who has been grabbing
0: her has been made to look like a villain. Ryan does it too. But he has different looks in his eyes. The show is not so complicated that we're allowed to have a minute of rest to think about what that is.
1: But the different look that he has in his eyes
0: is he crosses his eyes. Yeah. And
1: that really does deflate any situation. I'm not, that
0: person's not dangerous now. We're fine. He Because, yeah, there's that slicked-haired back guy who, anytime she breathes or takes a sip of water, he goes, Get back to work! Which is, you're out in the open... You would yell at your people behind. This is just not how the service
1: industry works. Right. Also, you're the manager of, like, what, 50 employees yeah. that night? You're just on Haley's? Is Watch? he super into Haley? Is I that guess what's so. happening?
0: Yeah. We just don't get that storyline? Or every
1: night, Haley has a different uh, high school kid coming in to rescue so her. So many high school kids want to...
0: tired. look, I know I look like the dick, <laughs> but I'm tired of this. Uh, let's stick on this. So, we, so Ryan and Marissa do get kicked out because of their first Haley interaction. They come back in... They try to get through the VIP section. With Marissa, great summer burns in here. Just the way she is being because Marissa tries to get in first. And then Ryan asks, very cool and Ryan, and walks up. And she goes, do you know who this is? You don't You don't watch The Valley? And the guy's like, no, I'm 40. Why would I? I'm not your fucking neighbor. Freaks out, pretends he, and then she's like, oh, I love you. And he goes, ah, you're only a teen I don't want. So lets them go in because he's like. Let this guy take advantage of this powerful position. Yes, exactly. And I don't like—I
1: don't need any badges. I don't know if teen idols have teen idol badges mm-hmm. that they can show. But this psychopath girl, this this fan, has convinced me that you are from a show. Come on in. Nobody would react this way about somebody who's not on a show. Let's go. And I like to think of the bouncer as a little bit more three D than that. And he's saying that either you are a teen idol. Or this amount of effort that you two have put into this shenanigan? Come on, come on Earned it. yeah, Earned it. Get Get in.
0: Rescue an ant. Let's do this shit. But do you think that Marissa is, like, would Summer be hurt by Marissa's actions in that scene?
1: If she was, I think it would be overpowered by how impressed she is that Marissa took over a shenanigan. She quarterbacked that whole damn thing.
0: Uh, uh, Classic Marissa mess around, except it's not classic. She does not do this kind of stuff.
1: I'm sure that she will, though, from now on. I think, this is yeah, one of probably hundreds in the they figured out
0: her character. She's just going to be the good old fun girl from here on out. Uh, We're going to take a break. When we come back, it's going to talk about the other side of the L.A. story. So while Marissa and Ryan are pretty drama-free together, knowing like what if we could just be friends, uh, and having a grand old time saving Aunt Haley, the real relationship drama is in between Summer and Seth, because the minute... They show up. Grady, Colin Hanks, uh, introduces Summer to his jazz, Big Bob, Little Bob, and Steve. And she pops down and is delighted to meet them all, these fucking tool bags. And Seth just, like, wanders away. We don't really get what he's doing for a while. I assume yelling at another bartender, because that's his move in crowded places, is just not get served. Yeah. Uh, Where's the Mountain Dews? I need need three Mountain Mountain Dews, please. Mountain Dews! But on their way in, they meet Paris Hilton, who we're never told if she's playing herself or not. But she is. It's hinted strongly,
1: right? She talks about how she's getting her master's and how Pynchon is her favorite author.
0: Magical realism in American literature, I believe, is her thesis. Yes, and Seth has only
1: read Crying of Lot 49, Mm -hmm. which is like 110 pages, Mm -hmm, instead mm -hmm. of Gravity's Rainbow, which is 900. Is that the one she recommends to him? That's the one she recommends, but she
0: says at the end of that, don't tell anybody. Right. So I do believe it is Paris it Hilton. It is the her, and I do like at that point in time they didn't even mention her name. She is so famous; we all know what's going on. Oh, they mentioned her name in all the commercials leading up to that episode oh, that really? week. Yeah, it was a big deal. And she, when we meet her, because she like shoulder checks Summer on her way in and goes Orange County.
1: Ew. Probably the line of the night. Line of the night. Get Summer back for all her shit.
0: Yeah, Summer. It's not all. You're you're not all that. People get to say that because she goes, you L.A. people are all alike. And she goes, we're not from L.A., we're from Orange County. That's not, maybe we didn't know that then, that you don't want to probably state that anywhere. But where is Paris then
1: from? Is it Paris? Is it Paris? Hilton?
0: Paris, yeah. The city of Hilton? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I watched The Simple Life, seasons one and two, and I could not tell you anything about that family. She's from a farm? Yeah, I think she's from a farm. That's what it was about. I was growing up on this farm, and I still don't know how to farm.
1: How much did you need throughout the episode summer to have grady move in on her finally and her go ew 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 like was this ever a danger should seth have ever felt threatened were you ever confused by summer's actions
0: no it it, she only ever showed fandom but i think even though seth was the first person maybe even before marissa to learn the deeper summer he lets himself get confused by public summer and it's not like she hasn't done him dirty before But not they are officially together, and she is a 1,000% in his shit. It is so dumb that they he couldn't be like, hey, I'm feeling insecure. And she goes, shut up. I love you. Grabs his little D, and then goes to sit with Grady. Is this part of my fucking favorite
1: OCD segment? Mike wishes he could just time out and talk to all the characters and give them advice?
0: Stop acting like 16-year-olds. Stop acting like you're on a soap opera. Just act like a normal fucking healthy person. The confusing thing about, and I believe you. I agree with you. But- Summer doesn't
1: deny Grady until she's bored by dailies and hears a shitty band.
0: Well, yeah, she. I think she likes the attention, and she's in control, so it's innocent. Because, yeah, she's hanging with his D-bags, and then he goes, do you, do you want to watch an episode that hasn't been aired yet? And she's like, fuck yeah. And that's when all the, you know, I ad-libbed that line all comes out. And then he makes her watch the dailies, and he starts being like, which one did you like better? Which is always a D-bag yes.
1: move in this backseat the whole episode has its meta moments mm-hmm. but this backseat is where shit goes crazy and the writers are just screaming hey look at the valley look at the oc look what we have done tonight
0: and she's into the show and he starts talking she's like i haven't seen it which was super funny and like go summer he goes i'm not even in this scene like is anybody that vapid and up their own ass that they would say that out loud seth cohen Seth fucking cohen uh and then yeah he puts on I didn't think it was that shitty. I didn't either. But I kind of liked his band, but then Adam Brody came in and made fun of it, and then his girlfriend, the Valley Summer, comes in and everybody's yelling at each other. It's a good old time.
1: We can reasonably assume, based on everything we know, I don't know this to be true, but based on everything we know about this episode and what was going on at the time, that Adam Brody was in a shitty pop-punk band, uh-huh.
0: right? and that was even more layered on. And, and that's, yeah, Summer stays true the whole time. She is above reproach. She does get very annoyed. She only goes with Grady to his car uh, because she sees Paris talking to Seth, and Paris takes his phone, uh, says the same thing Julie says earlier. Mm-hmm. It's one of those OC, this but is a repeat, but it doesn't make sense. Let's just, let's just say this thing a billion uh, times in the episode. Camera phones are, because the, they don't say selfie yet. Right. Another 10 years till selfie. Camera phones are the Autograph- autographs of the 21st century. Yes. Uh, but she doesn't just, like, taking somebody's phone out of their pocket. She's definitely doing, like, the, the one finger in somebody's pocket. It's very flirty in it's a way that doesn't make sense. At this point, Summer has not gotten into Grady's backseat. So
1: Seth has kicked this up a whole notch. Yeah. Or Paris has. Like, their Paris relationship has. is now uh,
0: way surpassed Grady and Summer as far as creepability. And I will say that Seth is baffled. Seth isn't being a creepazoid. He's just not stopping. He's just like, aba bah ah-bah, which... I would abba a lot too. It'd be it's very confusing that any of that is happening for him, Plus especially because of your deep love of caramel-filled
1: nougat bars mm-hmm. and your inability to say Zaba. Yeah. That's how you have to order that candy bar. Yeah.
0: Anytime you're like doing a pop filter run to the store, you're like, "Do you want anything?" I'm like, "Abba abba," and come back with just some like Middle Eastern grandma. I'm like, "No, I wanted the candy bar." But I'll take the grandma. But I'm, yeah, I mean, mm. she's gonna knit me nice stuff. L.A. wraps up. Uh, and we'll learn Jimmy shows up because of that phone call. Uh, and because Haley is there and Jimmy's like, fuck this place. I need to save Haley and my kids, I guess. And oh, second, tertiary, fourth thought from oh, Jimmy is, for his, sure. is his children in LA. Oh, wait, wait, my daughter's there too? Coke filled strip club. Uh but yeah, so on Jimmy. It was awesome because the the kids are getting like manhandled out of the club and it looks like two giant adults are going to beat the fucking shit out of ryan because he's trying to get Haley to come with them and jimmy goes what are you going to do hit a kid and the guy's uh retort is dad he goes yeah i'm a dad guy who's my age and acts like he's 25 not the smoothest not super clever that line wasn't that great but hits him right in the fucking slicked back hair coked out of his
1: mind balls but he did the mic thing he stepped into a TV show and he was like, time out. Wait a minute. I'm going to talk to the characters real quick. Do you really think that this is a pro- like this can go down? And it all stopped. Like The bouncer and the bar owner was like, oh, he has some really good points. Let's just go inside because right now it feels like we're in the middle of a high school show. And let's go inside and do this.
0: And I think the slicked back hair guy belongs in a high school show. Mm. I think the bouncer realized it's just his kid is the same son, as, same age as Ryan. He's like, wait, I didn't even put together that he was a kid. I bounce at a few places. I don't need this job. That's something that we are, as the audience, are either
1: constantly asked to buy or that just Atwood like it's just his essence. But no one ever looks at Atwood like he's a high school kid. No, they all think he's like a shortish,
0: forty year old. He has the most most youthful face. That's what makes him infuriating as Jim Gordon. And he's five, he looks four. the same. But yeah, he he looks so young and baby faced If you just the minute his hair goes. Slightly above his eyebrows, you go, oh, you poor little baby. (laughs) You just need hugs. I just put him in a romper and put him to bed. You just dress him like a pumpkin. Paul F. Tompkins would love it on Twitter.
1: God loves fat babies. He loves
0: the fat babies. Who doesn't? Ryan Atwood, not a fat baby, but an adorable baby all the same. If you smush him up real tight, he could look like a fat baby. If you smush anybody up enough, they're going to look like a fat
1: baby. And that's LA. Yeah, that's our fairly eventful.
0: Fairly eventful.
1: But coming off goodbye girl and knowing how these four kids roll Mm -hmm. I would say that that, that's about like that's the best case scenario for a trip to LA
0: but I do think the pacing of this show because we had Oliver into the goodbye girl into this I fucking needed this episode just a
1: classic mess around all we wanted was at the end for them to be discussing like who is the brains the brawn the beauty and the boobs and not be screaming at each other yeah nobody's passed out in an LA alleyway
0: Ryan and Marissa were allowed to smile through so much of this
1: episode it was oh Thank God. Furthering the theory that they should just not be romantic together. No.
0: Should we jump ahead to the very end because it involves these two? Yes. So they get back to the pool house. And there's actually not romantic chemistry. It's just like, that night was wild. Can we just like shoot the shit for a while? And they're giggling and they're pillow fighting.
1: Their banter has never been clever. But
0: like that sort of like clever minus banter that they used to have is back. Yeah. yeah we're listening to it again. It's why they got together. And then Marissa goes to the potty. And Luke... Kicks in the door and goes, I'm not sleeping with Julie Cooper anymore. While Ryan's like, shh, 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 shh. he screams at the top of his lungs, Mike. Julie at her house next door heard him tell Ryan. Do you know how easy it is to say,
1: like, hey, that thing, I'm not doing that thing? Or what we talked about, that's Did handled. It. And now like even and I'm not like that's not even if you know Marissa's in the bathroom. Even if you know for a fact that Marissa's not in the bathroom,
0: details of that sentence can be left out. If you ask me to go to the store and I get your favorite candy bar, I don't scream, I got you your fucking Reese's puffs. Right. Which is not a candy bar, you weirdo. I just go, I I did the thing. Here's the thing. Or you say nothing.
1: You say nothing. You can nod. But he screams at the top of his lungs, I'm done having sex with Julie Cooper. USA! And he just dances around with a bucket on his head screaming USA. The whole American flag comes behind him. Fireworks everywhere.
0: And Ryan, Ryan, he doesn't tell him to shut up. He just goes... (laughs) (laughs) And then Marissa peels out of there on a bird scooter.
1: Yes. 15 years before those were invented. Ryan runs over and says like, Hold on, hold on. Let's not overreact to this. Let's just chill out. Are you kidding me? Luke just screamed, I'm done having sex with Julie Cooper.
0: And not only does she hear that, and that's horrible for two people who are closer in life, is that she goes, that's why you wanted to hang out with me. Right, I thought that this was totally organic. Mm. And that's what really hurts. Mm. Let's take a little break and then come back to talk about what the adults were up to in Newport. So why all that TV drama is happening up in the L.A., down in Newport... Sandy and Jimmy are just trying to pull up the funds for their restaurant. And I love how the show works
1: because the parents are always like, those kids are out there doing soap opera drama shit. We should be
0: Downton Abbey here. Just very proper, mm. no drama, everything is fine. But it feels like Kiki's a little bored, even though she just found out about like Uncle Sean and her dad last week uh, in her world because Sandy and Jimmy are like, oh no, we have money problems. And she tries to solve it undramatically once she goes, I can help. And Sandy goes, I need this. I need one part of my life that isn't because of you.
1: Which he just told Jimmy, you can, you have to bend. This cannot be your oasis, but I do need it to be my oasis.
0: Well, it's it's not Jimmy's oasis yet. He turns down Kiki's money, and then she goes, free designer, Julie. One, she is right. Two, I do think she goes, fuck you guys for not asking, saying I could just help you financially. Here's a little bomb. And then the fuck, Sandy's oasis is... Once Julie's on board and goes like, yeah, I'm going to work for free. I do not care. That's awesome, Julie. That's a pretty dope move. She goes, here's how much to turn this not into a shithole. And they go, we don't have that kind of money. She goes, Cal.
1: There's always Cal. And
0: then that is Sandy's Oasis ruined.
1: When you want to fund a restaurant, go see Cal. And by the way, this is my orange couture of the night because at this business meeting, and it's also my Jimmy's got a Jimmy of the night because... But uh, Jimmy can't stop rolling his eyes at everything Julie could say. Julie will say, hey, idiot, you lost all the money. He rolls his eyes. Julie could say, you know what? We do have to redo the floors because right now it's just brick holes. And, and mouse J- carcass. Yeah, and Jimmy just uh, rolls his eyes. Part of the charm. But they all come in their business cas that is known for Newport. Except Julie comes in a tight gray t-shirt, high, or like a denim miniskirt, mm-hmm. and high white boots. Yeah, she does. That is. And I guess we this is more acceptable because... She's banging out a high school kid. Yeah. Why not dress like one? But she is OC'd all the fuck Oced up and down. oc all the
0: way fuck up. The OC fembot. That's what Julie's yes. dressed as. <laughs> exactly. Uh, in that little inter- exchange before Cal shows up, uh, there's good burns in this episode. Julie gets a great Jimmy burn in. Uh, Jimmy says, we don't have that kind of money. What are you doing? Skimming off the top? After she said, I will work for free. Uh, she goes, no, sweetie. That was you. Not even Tone. She just knows exactly what bullet to load into that gun. Right. And then he can only roll his eyes because everybody in the room goes, you dumb motherfucker. Why would you set her up like that, Jimmy? Jimmy's got a Jimmy. Uh, So they get Callan because Jimmy does throw it in Sandy's face. He goes, oh, this was your safe space? You didn't want somebody who ruins you around it? It'd be a real shame if uh, somebody walked in here and... And then... They're so they and Cal's like, Well, you know, I do have this giant dinner with Riviera Magazine, a bunch of the muckety mucks of Newport.
1: What are the odds that there will be a giant dinner coming soon?
0: Why don't we host it at Kirsten's? And they're like, Great, we'll get Marco, we'll make the meatloaf. Cal does not ask what's on the menu, he just shows up and goes, Meatloaf. He assumes it's oysters and sex talk, it's just the oysters. Newport way. My best friend, when I can't hang out with Uncle Sean, is I don't know if you guys know the Mermaid Inn, it's this clerk, he just slurps down oysters. It gets real gross. Yes, Cal. We know you (laughs) tell us every day. Been there. (laughs) And so Cal freaks out, and Jimmy swoops in to save Sandy because Sandy just turns into like so angry he cannot function anymore. And Jimmy's like, "It's gonna be fine." The meatloaf everybody loves meatloaf. And then Julie sweeps in to save Jimmy about the new cook because Marco, Marco, and then a great Sandy line because he he is. Butter, no. Butter is, like, adorable. He's a mess. He, Sandy cannot Sandy. I have no Sandy wisdom for this episode because he's a fucking wreck. But somebody says the line very sincerely, and then Sandy picks up on it. He's like, oh, well, I got to Sandy once in this episode. He says, if you're going to have a restaurant, you're going to have to cook for a lot of people. There's our mission statement. Uh, just, like, you what, me worry? Like, you don't think that's Sandy wisdom right there? That's genius.
1: That's brilliant. He says, well, that's, that should be the theme of our restaurant or the tagline. I think that's great wisdom
0: right there. And after Cal babies out about fucking meatloaf, well, I'm. We'll see if they like it. It's delicious. Nana Cohen has delicious meatloaf, and everybody loves soon, it. The and then these five people, like they've ne- oh, practiced a thousand times, are like a return to comfort.
1: Okay, so this is the part that I wanted to hit because sometimes the OC gets a little wonky, so, and you could I could see you arguing that this is great writing, and that's what we do on the show is only defend and never decry, mm-hmm. but. The five of them do this presentation. That is one PowerPoint away from the most rehearsed bullshit bureaucratic business presentation I've ever seen.
0: Uh, what I think saves it is that when Cal takes over before he starts talking, he goes, "Ah, a return to comfort." Like there's a the, a long pause, and then Sandy says, "Yeah, I just said those two words together."
1: Yeah, that's the second time though. That's when they're watching them eat. Before they start eating, they all just rotate lines. Sandy gives up by the time they're eating. He's like, fuck this presentation. (laughs) I just said that, idiot. Don't worry about it. But it's so rehearsed, and the right. camera just knows exactly, and the characters know exactly when. Well, it,
0: one steps forward, the
1: five step back, like some sort of Greek chorus. All we're missing is the uh, the guy from Airplane who would fly in and say effeminate things. Do you remember that guy? Mm-hmm. If that guy was just there to just liven this up a little bit, otherwise, I would be freaking out at these weird Stepford people giving these presentations.
0: Oh, if you are one of the dinner yes. goers, just like, Whoa. or you think they practiced. It's more terrifying that they did not practice. Yes, if you
1: knew, if they had said and you believed, because people will say this, but they'll be lying, that this was, not to- this was not rehearsed. We had no idea what we were doing. That would freak me the fuck out. Right. Freak you the
0: fuck out. We try to practice stuff, and it, ne- it always comes over us screaming on each other's lines.
1: This is the fourth run through of this particular episode. Yes, of the it RC. is, right? Fuck. Why did we write in about the interruptions? You mess up in that part every time. At least you're not quacking anymore. In the first two run-throughs, you would just quack Quack, through that line. Quack. (laughs) Quack. Don't try to build the audience up. Great. Everybody loves Mighty Ducks. Now Little Bob and Big Bob are all quacking over there.
0: Yeah, boys! Uh, One great little dig at the end of this in an episode of Good Digs is it ends and Cal's like, ah, you pulled it off, you son of a bitch, to Sandy, because he does respect Sandy. He just never wants Sandy to know that. Cal gets off of a bucking bronco. Yeah, lands perfectly in a chaise Lounge and says, "You pulled it off, you you pulled son it off of a bitch, son of a bitch." And sips a Manhattan shaped like Manhattan. And he goes, "I thought you were going to fold like your partner out there." Because Sandy like is like, "I got to have a bottle of wine after that." And he goes, "Do you know what my fucking partner is?" See, okay, God damn it, dude. Especially because of our relationship and how we're the
1: love and the friendship that will test all time. I can't believe that this is your san- This is not your Sandy wisdom. Mm. This is the Sandy
0: wisdom. You're right. I forgot. I should have thought, like... You stupid idiot. Remember our relationship. (laughs) This is the love and friendship. Yeah. He goes, you know what my fucking partner did while he's quote-unquote folding? He's taking care of your whore daughter because she's a stripper doing cocaine with my kids right now. Jimmy busted out of the meeting, one, because Cal was
1: taking over, Yeah, and two, because Haley's in trouble, and nobody said anything to Cal. Nobody wants to embarrass him in front of all of his Newport tastemakers, but Jimmy went to go save her giving jimmy the perfect line at the perfect moment to just throw that right in cal's face uh, that's where my partner is and he says uh that's where my partner went and that's why he's my partner
0: oh that is good sandy wisdom you're right i and, apologize and then of
1: course he gets up and leaves all right what uh vintage like how do you continue that conversation after that? caleb doesn't notice because he's already on a different bucking bronco riding away but still it was a good. It was a good line. It's not the only Bucking Bonkeru bonsai that Caleb has, though. What is that? Because he's also trying to rekindle his Juku shit.
0: Yeah, and not very smoothly.
1: Oh, you don't think Cal is the uh, Rico Suave of our
0: generation? I do not think he is the Rico Suave of our generation, and that's a whole different podcast. I don't have time. Who is our Rico Suave? Right. No, I'm, I refuse to answer. I cannot. <laughs> I'm not prepared. I have a binder at home, but I cannot do that. Also, uh,
1: this is this episode of the OCD is going out for free. Who is our generations Rico Suave is a Patreon only yeah. podcast. If you want it, you got to pay we for it. We have a 6-hour maxi series all about that. He uh drops Julie off at her house from next door. Is it the timeline gets a little muddy. Okay, and yeah, I don't remember and don't care. But he's like, you know, Julie. And then he does that smile that like I think I remember how to smile. (laughs) Is this what humans look like, Happy? And it's hard for Julie because, one, she just got to design a new restaurant. Mm -hmm. Things are going good. So she doesn't need Cal for, like, that security part. And also she's getting railed by a teenager who she thinks at this point will go on forever. Or at
0: least longer. And so she goes, no, 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 no. I don't need any part of your bullshit. I'm feeling independent. I'm feeling real railed. Goodbye, sir. Good day. Good day to you. Uh, Luke decides the whole time they are at this dinner party Luke's like oh Ryan was right I, I gotta try to handle this and he does try to handle it oh that's when he does he first cow drops her off so it's before the dinner cow drops her off and he goes what? why are you seeing him he's so old and wrinkly balls he's just so old and wrinkly balls and she's like I don't have time for this I have a big thing tonight do you want to come fuck me and he goes yeah but then we have to have a serious talk and then afterwards Julie's
1: running late and then says out loud basically screaming in the open, we're late. I thought we were only going to do it once.
0: Yeah, she did. Yeah, she's no situational
1: awareness. As if boys could do it more than once.
0: No. What is she talking about? Well, young about? Luke's might be able to. No.
1: No one has ever been able to do Unless it more he's than faking once. faking it. You need a week refractory time, I believe, and a then week, you can have sex again. Uh, I
0: think you go to the hospital. The dick hospital. My dick is broke? <laughs> Your dick might be broke. Like of some fucking joke, uh, and then Luke is like, "Oh fuck, we didn't have a talk." And then does a the craziest donut U turn in the middle of Newport to go be like, "No, we're handling this at the Cohen's house tonight." <laughs> Which for Luke that's pretty good because right. at this point, Luke's Luke believes
1: that Ryan is his ex girlfriend's ex boyfriend mm-hmm. and also his Jiminy Cricket, uh-huh. voice of reason. I will do whatever he says. So when Atwood says break up with julie and do it now he's like oh yeah i'm gonna do it he listens to that voicemail that says so i don't know if you did it but do it And he he listens to the voicemail knows it's coming from the phone and yet still looks to a cricket on his shoulder pretending that's what is telling him what to do and that's like the 10th dead cricket stapled to his fucking polo shirt and i you gotta love after julie says no we'll do this later um and so luke says well i tried and is driving away does his u-turn comes back to the dinner party and you got to love the directors of the OC because Julie says, I'm going to go get more wine. And the director makes sure to have Julie in the very corner as this giant window to the backyard mm-hmm. is there. Probably for no reason. Oh, my God, Luke popped up. Luke he's at the up. dinner party. What
0: I like is that he's been trying to get her attention a few times there, and she's like, go away, go away. That every And I've been a caterer, and so I've seen some bullshit from the attendees. Every single caterer in the cook knows exactly what's going on immediately because they do all the body language math and go, Oh, she railing that boy. And we see all that. We make sure to cut yeah. to every judgmental caterer.
1: So it is a little Downton Abbey. Including Marco. Including Marco. You have a problem with Marco? Now, I think there's some rules that say that like once you speak a line, you make way more money than any other actor that is just standing on the set mm-hmm. and reacting, being judgmental. But I, think, I feel like they go out of their way to make sure that Marco is just all eyebrows and no lines. People say like eight or nine things to him in this episode, and he's just always like shrugging and eyebrowing. And
0: it's not a joke. And if you have Sandy Cohen in your show, you can't have another character be all eyebrows. Right. You have to do something else. Exactly. So we feel sad for him?
1: Yeah, I, I just wish that maybe that was the backdoor pilot, and Fox is like, you know what? We don't have time for Marco's Marco right Kitchen? <laughs> Uh, and so he got cut, and then finally, finally, Julie makes it home, and Luke is there, and Luke has to do what we all dreamed of doing—dumping a forty-year-old.
0: <laughs> what I love is, and and like the pent up, I've tried, I've tried, I've tried. I don't have, to, I don't like, have the energy or time to be uh, empathetic anymore. He goes, "We got to end things. Uh, you're a great girl. I mean, woman, because that's he does that every time he talks about Julie." And he's like, isn't it wrong? I think it's wrong. And it's really just Ryan's words puppeting out of Luke's mouth. Uh, and then Julie, she smiles. She's like, you're right. Yes, because she can't. She
1: already got dumped, which is now taking her insecurity down. Uh-huh. Dumped by Luke. Are you kidding me? Um, and But then, yeah, does realize I can't now freak out and say, no, we're not over. That's going to make this even more embarrassing.
0: And also maybe glimmer of humanity he's totally right i thought i was gonna be the one to stop it after like two more weeks of getting railed but we should be done but what they do do is
1: make sure that luke delivers the line in such a way where it's clear to us if not her that he does not want to be doing this and these feelings run deep right they they are planting the seeds and i know that chris carmack may not be the strongest actor on the show but they are making sure that we know that Luke is saying this. He is parroting Ryan's words. I'm surprised that he didn't just hold up Ryan's voicemail and let Julie listen to it. You understand, right? But this is not the end of the storyline based on his delivery of the line and his inability to look her in the eyes.
0: I either have forgotten or did not know that. Okay. I thought we were done. Exciting. I'm very excited. And Julie, They get married. Julie and ew, and just raise Caitlyn together. <laughs> Julie now fully embraces uh, she cannot or does not want to be alone and calls Cal right away with no self-loathing in her tone there's not even like a like zoom in it gets a little sepia because you realize you have an addiction it's just like and this is what happens next yes because you can't lose you can't like every loss
1: has to be turned into a victory in some way otherwise you will spiral julie people like julian i guess trump if we want to go there are Mm -hmm. incapable of that self-reflexive spiraling because they do things like call cal every time
0: right trump calls cal every night (laughs) And the actor goes, again, sir, I played a fictional character.
1: And I hesitate to call you, sir, but yes.
0: Acting. That was just, that was was, just that was a acting. job. That was just a job. Please lose the number. And that's the show. That was the entire episode. That was the yep. Do you have any outstanding awards? Yes, I do. I have a couple more uh oh, musical moment. Did we do that? We no, we 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 skipped right over the time. So uh it was I believe when Ryan and Seth are still at the Mermaid Inn,
1: we got very distracted. You're describing my musical moment right now. Yeah. Okay. And I thought I could go.
0: The vines sing "Ride with Me."
1: Yes. Ride Keep with going. me. We
0: know this song, right? We know this. Do you, song. Can you do a little? Ride with me, ride with me, Now I know we all thought the one vine song is. So, but here's this the, the other song, right? Uh, or I heard it through the
1: grape were the Vines. That's the one. They listen to Grapes, I guess. They try to call each other on Grapes. But this is a perfect music moment because it adds to the scene and also is pretty, like, it, it comes in nicely. Like, it, mm-hmm. it, we don't notice because of all the action that they, somebody just hit play on one of Josh Schwartz's favorite songs. Good editing. Good editing. Uh, Sandy Wisdom, I had a couple more. Uh, Seth says, uh, no, why can't we go to L.A.? We, there's this party. Why can't we go to L.A.? And he just says, I don't have to tell you why. I just... I just need to tell you no. yeah. Like That's it. That's how parenting works, and I love that. And then also, don't spend an extra minute in L.A. It will steal your soul. And that's true. Not bad. We work in L.A. We have no more souls. No souls. Yeah, that's all gone. All souls gone. That's my Sandy wisdom. And then we're out of awards? Oh, no. Uh, uh, I've got one more orange couture, which is when Ryan goes over to talk to Marissa and say her his whole, but independent, but together, mm-hmm. but independent. She's wearing a normal shirt. But for some reason, a string of cut-out felt hearts shoots across the Yeah, what the, the shirt? fuck is that shit? I don't know what that was. It's dumb, O.C. Couture. And then, of course, our comics connection, Gillies Marini. Oh, we all know Gillies. He played a lawyer in this episode. We all knew Gillies was a dude. <laughs> Remember when he was a lawyer in this episode? Yes. It, I think it was the most iconic part in this episode. Classic Gillies. Uh, he played Frenchie in Daredevil Season 2. Did he?
0: He did. And we all know all of this. I love it. What a good comics connection. What scene had a lawyer in it? I don't remember.
1: <laughs> Look, I. Sorry to do that to you. I challenged myself that I would have a comics connection every episode. I understand. And there was a guy, uh, according to IMDb, who was in this episode, and I recognized him from the scene that I missed when he was Frenchie in Daredevil season two. Yes, that uh, tracks. A couple more questions for you. One, if Caleb takes over, uh, they're going to start serving goulash? I think Caleb loves goulash. Goulash is, is that like a German dish? Or is he saying he's going to turn it into a concentration camp? Gross stew? I don't know what goulash is. Yeah, it's like
0: something that poor people make.
1: Like uh, wet meat that isn't in a stew? Is that the kind of thing where like you uh, put a ladle in it and a boot comes out?
0: Yeah, something is definitely fermenting yes. when it comes to goulash. And it's a boot. It's it, a boot. A, that
1: a fermented boot. You fished in the dirt water mm-hmm. behind your house. You You caught a boot, and then you put it in a stew.
0: Just catch a boot, put it in a stew.
1: And then, of course... And I guess we could say this for the end, but I do want to say it now. Um, just in case you were unsure about Grady or his character, you hear his character say Latro. Instead
0: Latro. Of, instead of
1: later. And I think that does sum everything up. That he's
0: actually the hero of this episode? That he is. <laughs> <laughs> that our disciple, he is our king. Ryan, tell the lovely Filterinos... What they've won. What website this was brought to them by.
1: Yourpotfilter.com is a website that you can go to to get all of our podcasts and all of our articles. Not our best articles. That's for a different thing that Mike's going to tell you about later. But our old articles you can get there. Yourpotfilter.com.
0: If you want, you're already at yourpotfilter.com. It's very easy. Do a one-two skidoo slash Amazon at the end of that. That's your new Amazon bookmark. It really helps us out. It fucks Jeff Bezos, and he's building his empire Blatantly across the country, so let's all fuck Jeff Bezos together. Yourpotfilter.com slash Amazon. Yes. Ryan. Yes. How could they get in touch with us? If you
1: want to contact us, there's a couple of ways. One, if you have some agreements or disagreements, we prefer agreements, but (laughs) we'll read disagreements, Uh, you can write us, contact at yourpotfilter.com. That's our email address. Let us know what you think of the things we do and how we do them.
0: And you could also email us. Is that what you just said?
1: Yeah, I did just say that.
0: Email us in 140 characters or less. Yes, there we
1: go. Good segue.
0: At Your Pop Filter on Twitter. Hit us up on there. There's all kinds of fun stuff. We let you know when we're doing things. We let you know all the news you need to sluze. If you're nervous about not getting
1: enough of us, if you're nervous about us not being able to eat and only being able to afford, like, dirt shoe goulash,
0: dirt shoe goulash.
1: then go to patreon.com slash Your Pop Filter. You can give us a little ring-a-ding-ding. Nope, that's what you do to a robot. You can give us a little kashish there. Join a tier, and whatever your tier is, I think that it will make your life better. If you $5, join a tier, $5. we won't shed so many tears. If you join a tier, we're going to transition our, is it $15 tier? Uh huh. Our G-food tier mm-hmm. from garbanzo beans every day to goulash every oh day. Oh, no. Yeah. Don't
0: do it. Don't make us do it. We'll do it on camera. Uh, let's talk about that robot. Yes. His name and how you can get in touch with him is 1562 D R D J P O P. That is 1562 Dr. DJ Pop. Because he is definitely in Grady's entourage. He's not just a DJ, he's also a doctor. I'm sorry. You could not get Dr.
1: DJ Pop, the employee that we built, to be in your entourage. No. He's in Colin Hanks' fictional character entourage instead. That's what he told me when I called him up. Wow. I'm full of entourage
0: right now. Uh, you put your words in his ear, and he throws it to us. And if it's good enough, we put it on our very show. That's science. I think that's science. That's yeah. robotic science, the best kind of science. Did we do it all? We did it all. Do you want to go over our other shows? Let's do that. Okay, so our... Monday show is of course, movie of the year when our friend Greg makes us fight each other because he hates our friendship and says, who will be my best friend while we discuss the best movies of any given year On
1: so many Tuesdays, too many Tuesdays, you can get Taylor talking Taylor where one of our good friends, not our best friend, not our good friend, one of our friends a solid acquaintance, solid acquaintance, solid work fellow. a work, he's a work fellow, a co-worker, he's a co-worker. Uh, we'll go over all things Taylor, including him and other Taylors.
0: What a dickhead.
1: Uh, Thursdays is this very show. You know it. You love it. Just subscribe it. Before Thursdays are Wednesdays, where we don't really do anything anymore. No,
0: it's our day off. What's on Friday? God, days of rest. Uh, Friday is the superhero hour, or what some call the flagship show, where all the names you just heard, the Gregs, the Rhines, the Taylors, and the Mikes, sit Dr. DJ Pop, Grady DJ Bridges, Pop. we're all there. We're all there talking about Every single television show based on live-action comics, week in, week out. Which and one are we doing this week? This week, I bet you are certainly talking about The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Probably. We're certainly talking about The Walking Dead. Probably. Uh, we're certainly talking about The
1: Daredevil. Oh, so shows based on comic books. Shows based on comic books. Why did you say books? that? That's so much, That's easier to
0: understand. If you Listen say, when I shows, talk. What? That is now actually everything. Please help us, because we need it so Do you know what we're doing next week? Yes. I'm trying to build up because I'm so excited. I'm sorry. The way that you build up to what we're doing next week is to say, Paris, help (laughs) us. (laughs) We've talked about it since possibly the very first episode of this show. This is it, dude. This is the big one. finally get to meet the the Nana. Nana. Latro. California.